The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven will be as when a man, going on a journey, summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. The one who had received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And the one with the two talents also came forward saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward, saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master replied, you wicked and lazy slave. You knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one with the ten talents. For to all those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The Gospel of the Lord. When I first sat down to read and reflect on today's passages, it was late October and the presidential election was still a week away. I wondered what these holy words would mean to us on November 15th. What would our country look like? How would our world be changed? Amidst all this swirling, I took strength in knowing that God does not change. 
spring, summer, fall, or in the snowy drifts of winter, God is God. But the circumstances in which we interact with God do change. And we are called to hear the scripture in the light of a new day. Our prophet today, Zephaniah, is a truly faith-filled man of God. He proclaims, be silent before the Lord God, for the day of the Lord is at hand. Zephaniah does not speak these words to give us a sense of comfort. Rather, they are meant to be a warning that a day of reckoning is at hand. In the passionate words and imagery characteristic of the Hebrew scriptures, Zephaniah warns us not to be complacent. In Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, he takes up this same theme. To this community, he writes, For you yourselves know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. Paul speaks to his newly burgeoning Christian community differently than Zephaniah speaks to the Israelites. Paul speaks as a loving father or leader who knows that through their faith, this community of believers has been transformed. They have become all children of light and children of the day. He encourages them to inspire one another and be there for one another. Paul knows that this community will experience dark days, but also that their faith will remain a beacon of light for them. Both Zephaniah and Paul speak of the day of the Lord that is to come, but Paul brings this event into daily life. Perhaps we are always and every day invited into the day of the Lord, where we are called to love God with all our hearts and minds, to confess our faults and failings, to reconcile with our neighbors, and to know that we are loved and forgiven over and over through God's grace. In the gospel reading today, we hear the parable of the talents. Three slaves are left to invest their master's money or talents, two invest wisely and double their funds. One slave is timid and hoards the master's money and thus does not make any monetary gain for his master. The master fawns all over the first two slaves and angrily punishes the third slave. If the story ended right here, we would say, ah, the message is clear. The parable tells us to be generous, to use our God-given talents, invest them until they multiply, and we will have done the right thing in the eyes of God. And that is a very good message. But the parable does not end there. Jesus throws us a quirky ending to this story. When we look at this parable in its entirety, we learn that the master is unscrupulous. He is a harsh man reaping where he did not sow and gathering where he did not scatter. He is a bit of a cheat. The first two slaves continue in the disrespectful practices of their master, while the third, knowing his master for what he is, refuses to carry on his unethical practices. And for his moral stance, the ethical third slave is punished. So what seems to be a parable about prosperity may be more a parable about morality and ethical choice. 
Jesus is describing the status quo and the state of affairs of an unjust society for whom he has been sent to redeem. I have grown sensitive to the terms slave and master in scripture. I think we need to be very cautious how we borrow and use these terms. But in this brilliantly constructed parable, I think they serve to make the point. By referring to a slave-master relationship, Jesus portrays a situation in which some men do not have the freedom to choose. They suffer oppression under the rule of a tyrant. In this parable, two of the men remain slaves in their thoughts and in their actions. But the action of the third slave envisions for us the image of God's gift of freedom. In this parable, Jesus shows us that evil is recognizable and that we can either choose to follow its lead or we can call it out for what it is. Jesus recognizes the powers of oppression, challenges their authority, and invites his followers to seek this new way. Once again, Jesus asks his followers to think big. So in this post-election world, with all the challenges that we face now and in the future, do we dare to dream? Where do we invest our talents? On the Thursday after the election night, my son found me slouched in a chair, apparently not looking great. He asked me what was wrong. I told him that I was a bit tired. He replied, well, yeah, mom, we just went through a near-death experience. He characterized election night as a near-death experience. I thought of his words again on Saturday morning as people throughout the United States and in parts around the globe chose to dance in the streets in celebration of the election results. They danced with joy and gratitude. They celebrated as if they had been locked in bondage but miraculously had been set free to escape with their lives. It reminded me of Peter being released from prison by the angel of the Lord in Acts 12, 7. People danced the dance of the newly reborn, of those given breath again. In times of trial and choice, God invites us to enter into an intimate walk in God's world and on God's time. These are inflection points in our lives full of new possibilities. We dare to dream knowing that God is the God of possibilities. God's possibilities for us are not limited by the small and fearful thinking that can plague humanity, but rather they are illuminated and strengthened by God's love for us. We act in faith when we choose to live in God's world. When we breathe in wisdom and compassion, we dance with hope. And we remember that when we grow fearful or anxious, we need only ask for God's help. Take heart that it is in our brokenness that the light of God can shine through to heal our pain. Jesus asks us to think big, to love big and to act boldly. Our faith tells us that when we do so, 
we walk with God. In closing, I give you the words of our psalmist. Lord, you have been our refuge from one generation to another. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon.